Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 878 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning. And you're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you this morning? I am just... Uh, what am I this morning? Let me think. I'm fantastic, amazing, great. I am blessed this morning. Oh, I am blessed. Blessed. How yes. are you blessed this morning? What are you I, thankful I for? I am blessed by life. I am blessed by salvation. I am blessed by a relationship. Relationship with Jesus. I am blessed by an amazing wife and family. I am blessed by a roof over my head and food in my stomach. I have so many things to be thankful for Amen. this morning. Very good. Anything, Whole list. Anything specific? Ooh, let me think of something specific that I should be thankful for this morning. Let me think. What did I get up to yesterday? I caught up on a whole bunch of admin yesterday. Yes. I'm not really thankful for admin. <laughs> it kind of drives me nuts. Not, <laughs> not too many people Let are. me think of something while you share what okay. this, uh, your thankfulness. Well, the thing I'm thankful for is also family, but one person in particular, that, that sort of family that where I live, we've got a little foster boy that lives with us, and yesterday I got to have a little bit of fun with him. And I got him really excited and said, you want to go for a drive? You want to go out for a little bit? And he said, oh, yeah, I haven't been out in you know a couple of weeks. So I went out to the car, jumped in, drove to the end of the driveway and reversed back in. <laughs> that poor kid. He thought he was going for a drive. <laughs> he did indeed. I did, it, was, it was for a practical reason. I needed to move the car because it was in the wrong spot. But I thought I'd you know, take the most of the opportunity to have some fun with him. Okay, here's what I'm thankful for. Go for it. I am thankful for plumbing fittings that are press fit. Super cool. You don't have to solder them anymore. I went to buy some fittings and I was thinking, I'm going to have to solder these up. And I don't usually do a lot of soldering. It's not something I'm very familiar with because I'm, you know, obviously doing Renos at the moment, and like kind of most other people right now. And I don't have to do any soldering. I just like get two pieces of copper pipe, push them together with this brass fitting in the middle, and it's done. Simple as that. This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Coming up in today's news, we're going to take another look back over the last hundred years worth of pandemics and we're going to compare that with what is happening in our world right now. Uh, we're also going to look at uh, China, a little bit of a closer look at China, what's happening there uh, in relationship to the World Health Organization. We've got some interesting stories to keep us busy going through the morning. What a wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. What wondrous love is this for my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul? To bear the dreadful curse for my soul. Into 
I'm free, I'll sing on, I'll sing on And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on And when from death I'm free, I'll sing in joyful beat And through eternity I'll sing on That's Jaden Levick right there with Wondrous Love. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. And as we begin into our day, we're going to be taking our first clue for the quiz. Lawson, go for it. Liam. (laughs) Liam, go for it. Deary me. Quite happily. Here's the double L team. It is indeed. Uh, Lawson, if you're listening. Yeah, big shout out to Lawson (laughs) this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you, Lawson? Why are you not here? (laughs) Here we go. What city am I is the quiz that we have this morning. Okay, so the book of Nahum is a prophecy about this book. So what book, uh, about this city rather, the book of Nahum is a prophecy about this city. So if you know which city, uh, yes, that is correct, Lyle. If you know which city uh, Nahum uh, prophesies about, then you give us a call. And unfortunately, Lyle does know the answer this morning, so the double prize is not up for grabs. But if you give us a call at 1-800-324-843, that's 1-800-FAITH-FM, or send us a text at 0491-064-669 with the correct answer, uh, this morning we will be sending you a copy of A Bridge Across Time by Dan Appel. This story, is it's, it's sort of a, a storybook. And ask a couple of questions. It really making people interested. It's about a, a guy who's interested in the Bible and uh, the stories in the Bible, and it sort of dives into to that and explains them in a little bit more of a creative way. Okay, if you know the answer, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and that will become that prize will be coming your way. What have we got happening in the world of positively different news? So, with uh, with everyone going into lockdown and countless businesses have had to close their doors, you know, you've, just about every business has been affected. Some have been affected more than others, though. Uh, in particular, one industry that has taken quite a big hit is the exercise and fitness industry. You know, your gyms and your, your equipment stores and whatnot, your sports uh, sports stores, they've all taken a quite a significant hit. Um, so what gym, So what people have had to do is come up with new ways to stay fit and in shape. And one of the latest ideas that broke out right here in Newcastle was to put up posters with one particular exercise and put them up in the window. You know, for example, 20 star jumps or 10 burpees, 10 push-ups, etc. So that when people go for their run, uh, whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon, when they go for their run around the neighborhood, they can add a little bit more intensity to their workout. Okay, so basically how it works is when you're going down the street... Yes. 
you come to somebody's window. Yeah, you got to look around while you're running. Okay, so you got to look around. So you're running down the street. You're looking around, and what you see a poster. You see a poster in the window, and the poster says it will, say, it will have one one exercise, such as you know twenty push-ups. Okay, so, so you drop you, do twenty push-ups. You, you, you drop where you're doing, and you do twenty push-ups, and then you start running and you again. Keep on going until you and see then the you next, to the next window, and it will have something else. You know, a ten burpees. Okay. Do you know what those are? No. <laughs> <laughs> a burpees is sort of like a mixture of push-ups and, and squats and star jumps. And My preferred outdoor exercise is swinging an axe, chopping firewood. Oh, okay. Yes, my favourite form of outdoor exercise. And, oh. and, and, and it, you know, what's great about it is that at the end of your exercise period, there's a big pile of firewood sitting there. There is big indeed. Big you, you pile of firewood. The, the hottest Sydney Harbour Bridge. No, not quite. But. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I picked you to, to enjoy walks. Oh, I do. I oh, bet you enjoy axing. I love swinging an axe. I In see. another life, I should have been an, a, a professional axeman. I see. Yeah. Well, with this idea, it sort of it, it stemmed off the idea of uh, when the pandemic first broke out, kids were kept from school. And on their, what they put up in their windows was teddy bears. Teddy bears. We have a teddy bear in our window. Absolutely. So this is sort of adding a little bit extra. Yeah. Now, look, on a person, I, I quite regularly go for a run. I go for a run three times a week. Have you seen any posters in any windows I have yet? not seen any posters. Ah, you um, have to go around your um, community and however, I don't, to put posters I, up. I don't know if it's because I'm not fit enough or, or, or what it is, but on Sunday, I went for a run and I almost didn't make it before. You know, I, I, I was wheezing and... I got to the top of one hill and I, I just pushed myself a little bit too far. So if I had to do that, on t- no, go for the run that I go on, on top of doing these extra little bits of you exercise. Would, you would be a fitter person. I would be a fitter person. So, yeah, look, it would make things very intense. By the end of it. Yeah, particularly if, uh, if everyone had one in their window, you'd get you'd like be stopping three every- steps of run, oh. 20 push-ups, three steps of run, 20 star jumps. You'd be wrecked by the end of the street. I've got yeah, like I said, I've got mixed feelings about this because if everyone gets around it, then you you take the time it takes me to typically run ten kilometers, I'll end up only running you know maybe two okay, kilometers. But in then that time. there is the benefit of a more complete exercise because you'll exercise more muscles in your body. That is true. That is because true. Because if you're doing push-ups, you're exercising your arms more than if you than you do when you're running. So then on other days you don't have to do as much exercise in the other areas. But your heart is getting the same amount. It is indeed. Which is important. So, yeah. Oh. yeah. Quite, the, quite complexity. Uh-huh. All right, what uh, else is happening uh, in the world? Oh, sorry, I, got, I had a little bit of a moment in my head. Um, I love exercise. Anyway, moving on to another thing in the world. One thing that really has uh, was brought to my attention, it emphasizes how amazing and how incredible creation is. There was a, a photograph competition that recently ran, and the title of the competition was The Perfect Moment. And what this was was capturing the perfect moments in nature where everything just aligned. Everything was just perfect. And it was just amazing. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I love seeing these images. One, the, the particular photo that won the competition was a photo of a, a volcano that erupted and amongst the smoke, there was this incredibly crazy, extravagant uh, lightning storm. And it was, you know, the colours in it were just incredible. There was red. It was, it was a darker photo, but the, the, it was like a dark background. And with the dark background, the light-coloured things were really emphasised. And it was, I think it was from a, uh, a volcano in Chile. 
uh, that, that won the competition. Um, there were some other photos as well. One of them was a photo of two uh, praying mantises doing a little bit of a dance, which were, that got an honourable an honourable mention rather. Uh, the photo that got second place was actually a little bit interesting. It's um it was called Eye to Eye, and it was where this little hummingbird was floating in the air as they do. And it was just, it was like static in the air and it was face to face with this tiny, tiny little tree snake just oh, staring each other off. Just like, like a little oh, stare off. What are you? Oh, what are yeah. You, what are you going to do? That, oh. that's, that's a cool photo right there. I'd love to see that one. That's, that's, um, well, there you go. Oh, look oh, at that. It's just incredible. Um, I wonder whether, I wonder whether the hummingbird is about to become snake food. Or is the snake about to become hummingbird food? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Humming, hummingbirds don't, don't, they don't <laughs> typically eat snakes, do we? No. Uh, the one, one other uh, story that I'm um, sorry, one other photo that I'll mention is uh, the third place photo, which was about a little lamb that was crossing this old rickety rackety wooden bridge, and behind this little lamb was a whole herd of sheep <laughs> waiting for this lamb to get across, and uh, this whole the whole album the whole source of photos was just incredible and it comes from um a website that you know anyone if you while this while you're in this isolation period you might be getting bored and you might be going outside and seeing these you know things that are fascinating and there's this one website so we can post up on this website you can this website is called ourworldinfocus.com and you can actually win prize money um for example the the picture of the the volcano that photo won two thousand dollars and like cash money mm-hmm. and a one uh, two hundred dollar voucher for a, a photograph store. Um, so is you know Australian dollars. Uh, no, I think this is American dollars. US dollars. So this, cool. that particular competition was a competition that you know you, you got to put a little bit of money in to get money out. Um, but there are other competitions where it's the, the prize isn't quite as much. I think it's twenty five dollars. But you know it's just awesome photos. Oh, bragging nature. rights. Absolutely. Yeah, just going there for the bragging rights. So, I just thought that was pretty amazing. I had a little bit of a moment when I saw that this morning. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, oh my, this is so cool. This is fascinating. It's, and it just emphasizes how amazing creation is and how amazing our creator God is and what he does in the world around us. Uh, coming up next, we've got Brian Luttrell, Matt Powell and Mark with By His Words. He was pierced for our transgressions He was crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon Him And by His wounds By His wounds we are healed He was pierced for our transgressions He was crushed for our sins the punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds, by His wounds we are healed. We are healed by Your sacrifice. Let the life that You gave, we are healed. He was pierced 
Forgives for our transgressions And crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon Him And by His wounds By His wounds we are transgressions he was crushed for our sins the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds by his wounds we are healed by his wounds by his wounds Show away my sin Nothing but the blood of Jesus Brian Luttrell, uh, Mac Powell and Mark with By His Wounds and Glory Revealed. This is The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Which <laughs> Over the break we had a bit of a fright here in the studio. A, uh, a rainbow lorikeet. Ran into the window, the poor thing. But luckily, thankfully... He was going pretty hard. Oh, he hit pretty hard. Blew into it. But and I think um, that uh, Liam is sitting here in the process of um, turning his water back into blood. Oh, yeah. It's just... Whew, got the blood pumping, I tell you what. Um, but it, it, thankfully, it, it did take a while to get back up. But it did get back up and it flew away uh, without being too wobbly. So, happy days all round. Um, but yeah, moving on with our quiz. Uh, clue number two this morning. Uh, again, what city am I? The men of this city will stand at the judgment and condemn Jesus' generation for their lack of repentance. Okay, the men of which city are going to do that? You know, I find Nahum one of those very interesting small minor prophets in the Bible. One of the things I find fascinating is that is one of the few books of the Old Testament that higher critics actually give any critic any credit to. Really? Yeah. Um, and you kind of yeah, I I think that's most fascinating. Um, so the other the other prophet, uh, prophetic books. Oh, they just scoff at it. They they sort of disregard. But yeah, yeah. Nahum. Nahum, they're like, yeah, no, that one actually sounds legit. That's for the higher critics. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Of Moving course, on. all of them are the Word of God, and we can have uh, absolute confidence in ab- them. Absolutely. Federal Agricultural Minister David Littleproud has called for an international investigation into the wildlife wet markets in Asia. Um, they also do exist in Africa as well, but primarily through Asia. And has mentioned that all pandemics since 1980 have originated from wildlife wet markets. 
Really? Now, this is fascinating. So I did a bit of research on it, and I kind of went back 100 years rather than just since back to 1980 and looked at every pandemic that has been worldwide uh, since now for the last 100 years. Back to, well, back to the Spanish flu, okay. which is just over 100 years. So for, uh, so the, last, been, the last 102 years. Okay. So I've been hearing in the news that sort of this is the first, this is the biggest thing since the Spanish flu. Yeah, okay, so you've got Spanish flu, you've got a bunch of uh, H1N viruses, so H1N1, H1N2, H1N3, etc. Um, you've got smallpox, cholera, you've got um, the current one, which is COVID-19, Ebola, MERS, swine flu, SARS, AIDS, and VCJD. Those are your global pandemics. So there have been a lot of you know, pandemics and epidemics that have happened on a national level, but these are the global ones. They're the ones that are listed as being worldwide. And those are the ones that have taken place in the last 100 years. There are 12 of them. Really? That's not a lot, all things and considered. every single one of them has originated, every single one that I just mentioned there, originated from violating the principles of the Bible. Right, I see. So this is interesting because, you know, people keep telling us, oh, the Bible's out of date, and yet we are Evidently all following not. the Bible right now because Evidently the Bible says don't eat bats. Not. The Bible says quarantine and social distancing when there is a pandemic happening. And the Bible says wash your hands and stay clean. And suddenly, just like that, everybody is following advice that is three and a half thousand years old. I will challenge anyone absolutely anyone to find a book that has those three things in it from even 150 years ago. Yeah, 150 years ago, the people's view on the world was much different. I feel like... Maybe maybe I should probably be safe and let's go back 170 years ago. Okay. okay we're going to go back 170. That's not very long ago. No. Go back 170 years ago and find me a book that has all three of those in it. I sort of get it, this. It probably exists, but it's going to be minor. Sorry, I'm, I, I, I keep butting in here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm not too sure how history works, but from the sounds of things, when Jesus was around, the world. I mean, it wasn't ideal in regard to you know health and and oh. and whatnot. But from Far what from, I, from what I've gathered, it it sort of went even further downhill before it came uphill again. That's what we call the Dark Ages. Yes. And it's the Dark Ages. If you look at the ancient world, it was much uh, more advanced than the world was during the Dark Ages on pretty much all fronts. Uh, science, history, medicine, um, engineering, and so forth. And we call the Dark Ages the Dark Ages because it's kind of where, you know, uh, humanity went backwards for over a thousand years. Yeah. Uh, basically, your, your 1260 years of uh, papal supremacy is what we call the Dark Ages. And it particularly applies to uh, Europe and the West. But it can also be noted on a worldwide scale. Anyway, uh, coming back to our story right here, we find, yeah, the, the Bible being out of date. You know, there's a book that's three and a half thousand years old and suddenly we're all following the Bible. Um, ScoMo has called for an international body with powers uh, equivalent to weapons inspectors, United Nations weapons inspectors, to become health inspectors to study what these wet markets are all about and to look for and to you know encourage hygienic practices within um, the you know wet markets and live markets um, that is happening in our world how do you transfer your knowledge of weapons to to you don't you, oh right so they're teaching them no no they're just equivalent to not the same as oh okay equivalent okay. powers I see I see equivalent powers 
Okay, so uh, China, of course, is Australia's big in, biggest uh, trading partner, one in three exports, and this is uh, one in three of our exports go to China. And so this has created some strained relationships, uh, particularly in relationship to China's handling of the outbreak. It has also created a very strange relationship uh, between Australia and the WHO because uh, the WHO has supported the reopening of wet markets, which our Foreign Minister Greg Hunt has described as unfathomable. Yeah. I struggled to get my word, my tongue around the word unfathomable. Um, and so China has spat back, calling Peter Dutton a mouthpiece for the United States and calls for... Uh, greater transparency and scrutiny of wet markets by Australia, China has described as pitiful. So there's, a, there's an increase in tension right at the, at there the moment. There is, there you know, is you, indeed. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of you, get this, uh, you, you get this situation in homes where people are in lockdown and you get increased levels of tension and you get increased levels of domestic violence. Yep. And we kind of have the same thing happening at an international level because our politicians are feeling the pressure and they're looking for, you know, the blame game and sometimes rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not saying the blame game is always wrong, but, you know, because somebody is to blame somewhere on the line, but it's certainly raising the level of, you know, tension that there is in our world. Travelling from China around the world, we next go to Los Angeles where the Los Angeles Dream Centre any idea what that might be? I've a name like that, Dream Center. I've no idea. Well, only in LA, but it's actually church. Really? Yes. There you go. Um, has uh, been feeding people since the beginning of the pandemic. They've actually been feeding people for a fair while, but since the beginning of the pandemic, they've closed their worship services and focused their attention on providing food and services uh, for people who, particularly people who have been laid off work. And since mid-March... They have fed. Guess how many people? Uh, is it in over mid March? This is in LA. Mid March in LA. It's a large church. Large. I would say it's upwards of a thousand. Try three hundred and fifty thousand people since mid March. Oh. That's not a bad effort. That's a solid innings. That's a very solid innings right there. Um, they are open from 7.30 a.m. in the morning until 6.30 p.m. in the evening serving food. Just non-stop serving. Staffed entirely by Christian volunteers. Wow. Good on them. So you know if they're starting to serve at 7.30 and they're finishing at 6.30, they are working much longer hours than that. Obviously, they'd have a shift system Without happening. a doubt. Oh, without uh, a doubt. But this is a church that seems like it is just buzzing day and night. Indeed. To, you know, and there are so many people that are hurting right now, so many people that are just trying to keep their heads you know, above water. And we've been notice, noticing in our food rescue program that has been happening just in our local area in Maitland where um, suddenly we're on so much more demand because there are so many more people who are doing it tough right now. And this is happening. This is all volunteer prepared food. And this is interesting because this church started 25 years ago. It's only a recent church uh, by a guy who put a desk. He moved his desk onto the footpath with a few bags of food to hand out to needy people. Really? What a guy. That's kind of how it started. What a guy. And, of course, at the moment, it's being funded by uh, Kanye West, uh, Vince's Market, and Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, who kind of one of the most uh, kind of persecuted um, big chains over there, have actually done really well 
but they are all pitching in to help and make this thing happen. Anyway, we're going to move on. This is uh, Carter, Carter, Carter and Carter, I should say, with somebody bigger than you and I. was Carter, Carter and Carter with somebody bigger than you and I. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We're about to have another clue for our quiz and then interview of the day. We are indeed. So, the population, the population of this city was more than 120,000 people. So, 
I, I'm assuming that's a reference to that's something. a big city. A that big is city. A very very large city that's, in ancient uh, in ancient times. That's the equivalent of. No, nah, never mind. I was it's, say a, it's a small town by modern day standards. It is by ancient ancient standards. That's a massive it's like city. Gone down to Sydney. Oh, absolutely! This is one of the. It was in its time the largest city in the world. Yeah. Um, of course, it was eclipsed by Babylon, which was three times bigger, but it remained in the ancient world one of the largest cities absolutely that, of antiquity so yeah if you know what the answer to this question is give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or you can send us a text at 0491 uh, 0491-064-669 and if you are the first person in with the correct answer we will be sending you a copy of A Bridge Across Time by Dan Appel okay so today for those of you who may not have picked it it is International Book Day. Indeed. And so for International Book Day, I thought I might just uh, interview the most voracious reader that I know. Uh, Neil Thompson, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Wild. It's great to be with you this morning. Now, Neil, you sent me a list of books that you've read in the last 12 months, and I'm just looking through the list here. 34 books in 12 months. That's not a bad effort. That's, that's pretty solid right there. And these are not just little pamphlets. These are actually significant books. Yeah, look, and, and quite um, quite variable in their titles. But before we dive into that, I must just say, I've actually been to the Dream Centre. Oh, you've been there? Yes. It's an incredible place. Wow. One of the most inspirational churches that I know of, personally, and is an influence of another guy I know who's doing ministry uh, not too far from here. Um, yeah, it's his inspiration for church as well. It's just an incredible church. Um, and did you so uh, did you get a free free meal while you were there? No, but uh, we had a tour of the place. You can actually go and volunteer there in the church for um, periods of time, if you like. So you can, as a person, take a holiday and go go work in the church for up to a week at a time. And um, they run a thirteen story hospital, cost them one hundred and twenty million dollars to do this hospital up, and so that it all meets the codes. And every week they're serving, you know, when I was there, they would bring 40,000 um, customers basically with food every month, which, and that's just their normal baseload. So to do 350,000 right now yeah, that's is just mid-March. awesome. 350,000 yeah. since mid-March. That's a pretty solid effort. <laughs> well, yeah. that's a city the size of Newcastle, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they fed, they fed Newcastle. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I like that. They've just fed Newcastle you know, in the last month. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic, Neil. Okay, so um, good to hear from somebody who's actually been there and seen what is happening uh, and can vouch for that particular church and their ministry. Uh, let's come back to World Book Day. It is World Book Day. You're a voracious reader. What got started you on reading? Have you always been a reader? I have, um, I, and it's interesting, you know, because there's many different books that, that can actually really um, do it for you. But I, as a young boy, I, I started reading, the very first Bible I owned was a King James version of the Bible, and I loved it. I didn't always understand all the words, but I really, really loved reading it, and um, it just, it started, you know, something from it just really spoke to my soul, really. Um, I used to read Wilbur Smith novels as a young boy and uh, the stories out of Africa that he would write about would just, and uh, sometimes he'd do crossovers between 
um, current history to ancient history in his novels, and that just really sparked the imagination. And I don't know, I've just always been quite a voracious reader, reading Biggles and The Three Investigators and all sorts of things as a young boy going through school. I would just get lots of books. So, yeah, I've always been a reader. Okay, so it seems you haven't really stopped since then. I mean, uh, 34 books in the last 12 months is 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 a decent effort. And, um, yeah, a very uh, just looking through this list that you've sent here, a very eclectic taste in books. How do you actually go about the process of choosing a book that you're going to read? Um, so sometimes I'm just – and, you know, to say they're, the, they're all the books that I've read, it's not quite true because I've left off some of the novels and so on that I would have just read just for reading pleasure – which, you know, I might finish in a day or two um, if I get a good novel. Um, but, yeah, what I'm, what I'm looking for, um, particularly over the last 12 months, I was looking for books that would address some of the, the key issues that I was dealing with um, involved in leadership. So I was reading books around, okay, um, around culture, about designing culture, about what are the values of workplaces that um, – that really help transform culture and make things better, brighter, and so on. So I was doing a lot of reading around those kinds of things. But also, because my work is involved in people business, um, I like reading regularly books around either things like mindset, things like depression, anxiety, you know, how to help people overcome that, a whole host of things. So that's kind of how I'm choosing my books is just looking at what's really relevant to the industry that I'm working in. Okay, and the industry that uh, I should I should mention, the industry that uh, Neil is working in, he's, he's taken over from me out at the uh, Maitland and Curry Seventh-day Adventist churches. And so if you're in that area, um, then you can find us on uh, Zoom and uh, I think it is Facebook as well each Saturday morning or you can head across on Thursdays to the food rescue program that happens at uh, the Gillis Heights Community Centre. Um, but Neil, yeah, just just coming back to the uh, the books that you've been reading here, you mentioned that you've been reading quite a bit of a few books about culture. That's really interesting. We had a whole Bible study on culture here in the uh, Encounter with God section yesterday. You've you've read a book here called Culture by Design by David Friedman. Tell us a little bit about this one. Yeah, really interesting book. So what David is suggesting is that there are things called. Um, you know, you can you can focus on on helping shape a culture by focusing on the the, um, the values of the culture, or you can actually help design a culture by focusing on specific behaviours. That if people just did those behaviours, your culture would improve and represent excellence. So, what does excellence look like in a business for a business or for a church? Well, it would look like things, for instance, um, the way you answer phone calls. So smile when you answer the phone would be a signature behavior that, that David Friedman would want you to do. Um, be relentless about following up contacts so that, you know, you get a contact and if you, you're going to relentlessly follow it up. So you're not going to lose any business or you're not going to lose any people off your, your list because you failed to follow them up in a timely manner and, and so on. So he has, he designs specific behaviors for different workplaces. And he's for his own workplace. He's got around thirty signature behaviours. He calls them that um, that if people do, then that's going to represent excellence in their workplace. And then he has a whole method of how to teach those to his employees 
on an ongoing basis. That's all he does. So at the start of a meeting, he'll talk about another one. At the start of a day, through emails and just constantly talking to his team around what it means to actually live and breathe these kinds of values or behaviours in the workplace. It's incredible, um, but really simple so that any industry can have their signature behaviours. Like I know of our own nursing homes, for instance, that uh, we operate now in part of the world as a church, have six signature behaviours in their workplace that if all the employees follow, just make their nursing homes so much better places for the employees, for the elderly who who are um, being cared for there. It just really works. Fantastic. Now, you've got another one here that the title has really caught my eye. Um, it's called Dark Emu. What's that? Oh, look, that is one that I've recommended to so many people. It, it fundamentally, it was a seismic shift in my behavior. It was recommended by a friend of mine. Uh, so shout out to him in, um, up around in, in Kempsey. Um, and it's it just like, wow, what a book. It, it talks about the Aboriginal history through the eyes of early settlers in Australia. So Bruce Pascoe, Aboriginal writer and elder from down um, Eden Way in New South Wales, Victoria border. And um, he just started researching the journals of early settlers in Australia. So journal entries or diary entries and started putting together the story of what they said Australia was like in the first years of colonisation and paints a completely different picture of Aboriginal people in Australia. And I would have that as a must read for anyone um, in Australia just to get a, a really different perspective on Aboriginal people. It's actually been a bestseller now for quite a while. It's a very difficult book to get in print, very easy book to get um, as audible. You could listen to it going to work in the car. That's where I first got it. And then I bought um, hard copy versions of the book because it was that good and have given them away to people. It's just a life-changing book. Opens your eyes to the real history of Aboriginal people in Australia. Okay, you've got me totally sold on that one right there. Uh, let me see here. We have uh, God's Character and the Last Generation. Uh, that one sounds interesting. Tell us about that. Yeah, look, that's, it's not for everyone, this one. It's really quite a heavy book. Um, but it's a, it's a book about theology. It's a book about looking at um, what the last generation of people, because clearly, you know, as a, as a Bible-believing Christian, I believe in the imminent return of Jesus. He's going to come again. And the question is, what's that last generation of people going to be like when the Lord returns? And this book actually looks at that and looks at it from a number of different theological perspectives and is trying to answer that question. And it's a deeply fascinating book um, written by successive um, writers who write basically a collection of essays and um, reasonably solid going, but really a very interesting look into this question. And of course, there are debates, you know, will the last generation be perfect um, and be perfectly representing the character of Christ as some people would describe? And and then the question is, well, what does that, what, what does perfect mean? You know, does it mean sinless perfection and, and so on? So there's lots of quite nuanced arguments that, that people are sort of asking in there because, um, there does become a point in the, the history of the earth where, where Jesus will declare he who is just letting be just still and he who is unjust letting be unjust still. 
So the last generation, before the return of Christ, that declaration is made, need to be, you know, um, able to be declared just at that point. And it, it's a fascinating read, a really good read. And it gets you into the heart of the gospel and the heart of um, eschatology, you know, the last day events of what's taking place on earth. Okay, so what I think we're getting here is a is a very clear picture of uh, your eclectic taste in books, Neil. We've, we've looked at a wide... Um, I, I do want to cover two books before we finish. Uh, first of all, very quickly, Growing Young, Six Essential Strategies to Help Young People Discover and Love Your Church. Wow, that's a very current book. In fact, um, we're actually implementing this book. There's a whole bunch of Adventist churches in Australia who are using this book and... Um, a workshop run by Fuller University um, and the authors of the book to to actually look at transforming our church so that they become safe places for young people to grow, mature, and take their place in God's church so that the church has a very, um, yeah, great future filled with young people who just are uh, keen to be there and hang out there. Okay, I think and this, yeah. so. Oh, oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I think that's a, that sounds like a book that um, all churches really need to be buying right now because our young people are our future. Oh, absolutely. Well, they're not just our future. They're our current, you know, leadership. In fact, you know, I think of myself now, I'm risk-averse now. You know, I'm in my 50s and I t- tend to take less risk, than, you know, um, than what I would have as a 20-year-old. As a 20-year-old, I was taking all sorts of risks. And, um, you know, climbing cliffs and doing all sorts of crazy things. And it's the ability to take risks actually lead, would lead the church into new ways of doing church and the new ways of interacting with community. So this book is encouraging us to hand over the reins of leadership to young people, to give them what it would call, um, load bearing roles. Like you think of a load bearing wall in a house or a building. How significant a role is that, that you give them those kind of roles so that they are leading the church in key areas and they call it keychain leadership. And, um, and, and to also just think of this, to take the words of Jesus seriously to the young people, they love Jesus and they want to just know how to apply what Jesus said to their life so they can take what he says seriously. It's an incredible book. Really, I, I really would recommend that to any church that really wants to have a future. Finally, in our last uh, few seconds here, you've got one book that you've actually read twice in the one year, so it must be a good one, and that is The Desire of Ages. Tell us about that one. Yeah, look, it's, it's a ripper, right? Desire of Ages. Um, I keep going back to it time and again, um, and what it's about is it's the story of of Jesus, right? So Ellen White, she's written five books in a whole collection of series called the Conflict of the Ages series. It goes from Patriarchs and Prophets, Prophets and Kings, um, Desire of Ages, Acts of the Apostles, and the Great Controversy. And the book Desire of Ages just tells the story of Jesus. Um, and it just takes various stories of Scripture and brings them to life like never before. If you've never read it, I encourage you to read it. It will do wonders for your imagination and taking you into the literal stories of Jesus walking and talking on earth. It's just a wonderful, spiritually enriching book that'll do amazing things to your devotional life and um, just help you gain a, a deeper appreciation for who Jesus is and what he came to do as part of his mission on earth. 
a really good book. Neil Thompson, thank you so much for joining us today for International Book Day to give us some book reviews from your collection of books that you've read. This is Sandra Enderman with the song So Many Books. FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours, as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving. A program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness. A relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Would you be free from your burden of sin?
There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you all equal a victory when there's wonderful power in the blood? Oh, there's power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the land. There's power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the land. Would you be free? From your passion and pride There's power in the blood Power in the blood Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide There's wonderful power in the blood Oh, there's power, power Oh, wonder-working power In the blood of the Lamb Oh, there's power Power, oh, wonder-working power In the precious blood of the Lamb Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood Oh, there's power, power, oh, wonder-working power in in the blood of the Lamb, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Power, mm, you give us power, Lord. We want your power. Mm, bring down your power, all oh, your awesome power, mm, amazing power, Lord. You give us power, all oh, we need your power.